you wished upon a star. Now we want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. Disneyland. Just go to Action Park, there's no other park like it. Six Flags Great Adventure. It's not a world away. Paramount's Kings Island. We will officially open Universal Studios Florida. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. Now, here is your host. Hi, and welcome back to the Defunct Land Podcast. My name is Kevin Perger. For today's show, we're going to have a bit of a different format because what I'm about to play is actually the interview between me, Disney Dan, and Trader Brandon, the Imagineer behind Trader Sam's. This is the interview that was teased at Charityland a few weeks ago, and I decided to release the full thing here on the podcast for you all. This was also Dan's surprise Christmas gift because he did not know that we would be interviewing Brandon. So here is that interview. So Dan does not know what's going on. Dan, do you know what's going on? I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, Dan, um, Merry Christmas. I got you a present. Okay. Okay. It's Brandon. Brandon, say hi. Hey, Dan. Hey, Brandon. How are you, sir? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm brimming with suspense. No, nope, that's it. I just got you a person. He's here to do whatever you want. I'm just Perfect. <laughs> Dan, this is Trader Brandon. He is the Imagineer behind Trader Sam's. Wait, really? Yeah. He made Trader Sam's. Yes. yes. You made Trader Sam's? So my official title was uh, set decorator. So That's my job, my job right off the about. <laughs> <laughs> So my job when I started on Sam's was to buy all the props, and then that developed into um, we had a show writer, uh, Kevin Rafferty was our show writer, who right now is doing uh, Runaway Railway, um, mm-hmm. who's a great guy. And at the time we were doing Sam's. He was working on Cars Land, so he became too busy. So then I took over the show writing for Sam. So all the drink names, all the stories in the menu, all the spiels that the bartenders do fell into my wheelhouse, which then became, well, somebody needs to train the bartenders on how to be performers and not just bartenders. So that became part of my wheelhouse since I worked Jungle Cruise for a year and a half. Uh, So, yeah, it was a lot lot going on. Wow. Well, can I just tell you that – what you have created with Trader Sam's, both I, and it was just two weeks ago. It was the first time I was at the Disneyland Hotel one. Okay, um, and I, I believe that's the one you're talking about because, right? Is that the uh, the first one you did? That was, or that was the, yeah, Anaheim was original, and then uh, and then Polynesian Gra- Grotto uh, followed. Another. And you oversaw both of them. Yep. Wow. Okay, so for, Brandon. For, listen, for my... <laughs> what you have created has literally changed my adult life. All right. Um, <laughs> I was always a fan of sipping fruity rum and tequila drinks out of unique <laughs> cups for as long as I could been legal to do so. But you took it to a new level and like now I'm building a tiki bar in my basement because of you. Oh, good. And good, I'm good. just a 30 year old dude. You know, I was I was raised on like Power Rangers and like X-Files. N- no one my <laughs> age cares about tiki bars, man. But you have instilled a deep love of tiki i just i just can't get over it so can you just i have so many questions all right i'm trying to think if i hit any x-files references inside sam's 
Yeah, you you know all the references. I'm sure that some of them weren't just uh, Jungle oh, Cruise based. Oh there has God, there's so many. There's so many. There's so many. There's some that Disney legal would have a fit if I told <laughs> oh, you. Oh yeah. There's so a lot. Are you just responsible for those two uh, set dressings there, or did you do so other when I, restaurants when I too? Started, yeah, when I started at WDI, um, I originally was tasked with a couple of uh, Vacation Club kiosks in Tokyo. And they were very – one of them okay. was like a, a painter's studio over at Tokyo Disney Sea, And then one of them was in Adventureland, which was a little harbor master office, which was fun. And again, I worked Jungle Cruise during the 50th at Disneyland, so I knew that world. And originally, I read online on the Parks blog that they were going to do a tiki bar called Trader Sam's based around the Jungle Cruise. And I ran into my boss's office, and I said, I got to – I printed it out, and I slammed it on his desk, and I said, I got to do this. I said, this is, this is mine. Don't even <laughs> think about assigning this to somebody else in the hallway. And uh, it went back and forth, and everybody looked at me like I was crazy because I'd been there about a week and a half. And uh, ended up, you know, pulling my weight and, and proving myself of what I wanted to do. And I did, I did layouts of the walls of how I envisioned them, and uh, it just kind of, it just kind of went from there. But, but during the like eight years I was at WDI, I was always working on Trader Sam's. Any point of those eight years, whether it was Anaheim or Orlando. But then in the meantime, I was doing uh, Buena Vista Street. I did all of Buena Vista Street when we redid that. Oh, wow. All the props for that. Um, hmm. All the props for the Matterhorn for the 60th anniversary, the Hatbox Ghost scene in Mansion for the 60th, uh, Grizzly Peak, the props for Iron Man in Hong Kong, uh, the props for, oh man, now I'm trying to think. I. Tokyo Disney, uh, Tokyo Jungle Cruise, when that got its nighttime uh, experience, um, all the all the Star Tours redos, uh, probably forty or fifty things in eight years. It was it was crazy. Wow. And then Avatar, <laughs> that little thing. Oh, so, you did. Wait, what did you do on Avatar? Uh, all the props. I was props lead for the whole wow. end of oh, Pandora. My. <laughs> so uh, I forgot about that little one. Yeah. yeah, you just do that real quick, right? You just just, <laughs> yeah, was, just was, dress that, that no set. Problem. Took a took a day I'll go, and I'll a go half. find a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if Kevin mentioned this to you, but I've uh, been to one of the newer restaurants at Magic Kingdom, which is uh, Skipper's Canteen, right. which I really love and has some of uh, some similar feel and theming to it um except that it's never it's, it's always empty and there's no one ever in there and it's not a super popular joint and every time i go in there it took me about two or three different dinners until i finally realized the real the reason why this place isn't kicking and everyone's in love with it is because it, it's it's it wants to be Trader Sam's, but it, it, it isn't. And, and I, I don't know if that like is a, a weird, makes sense as a compliment no, to you. But <laughs> um, I'll take that as a compliment. What you, um, what no, it's you weird, did with it's, those two little holes in the wall were like just phenomenal. Well, and I, the park's lacking it everywhere. And I think you just hit it on the head, too, that they're hole in the walls. Um, you know, once we did, when we did the first one, nobody thought it was good, you know. I, I thought it'd be cool. I was just building, you know, decorating a place that I would want to hang out in. That's all I did. I didn't care about anybody else. I was making it for me. Um, and it worked. And, and you know, it was really cool. And there was four people at the front door when we when we opened on opening day. And, you know, we thought we were pretty cool. And then that night it got busier. And then the line got longer. And we we're like, hey, this is kind of fun. 
but then it clicked and it worked and it took off. So then when we did the second one, you know, it's just like making a movie. We were shocked that, you know, it was such a huge thrill to, to do a sequel <laughs> and we treated it like that. You know, it was a different name. It was a different title. It was a different backstory. It was a different location. It was very much a true blue sequel. You know, we wanted them to be like Indiana Jones movies. We wanted it to be Trader Sam and the dot, dot, dot. Right. Um, but as, as always, you know, and the fact that we got to do something completely different than Anaheim, it wasn't a cookie cutter, you know, that was huge. And, and the company supported our crazy little tiny tiki bar. But like you just said, then it kind of took over and there, and there's kind of a, a weird little handful of post Sam's establishments that are really fun, but they didn't, I don't, you know, they don't quite click. Like, there is a a distinct separation of magic between what you accomplished in both the Trader Sam's and what like, and they try, they're trying and I'm not trying to come down try, on the, no, the they try very hard and, and they're trying. And I like the skipper canteen. I did, I did three voiceovers in there up in the right. windows. And so the voiceovers, but like let the windows light up a little bit or like right. have some doors <laughs> open and close or, oh, you know, see, like that costs money. Sure. <laughs> that's, but that's the difference between, um, oh man, I have so many questions. You know, but then like, well, but write then them like, down, Dan. Right, start writing yeah, them write down. Them down. Start, yeah, breathe first and write them down. Um, but like, yeah. you know, Jock Lindsay's was another example, and I love Indiana Jones. It's a it's a cool space. Um, but you know, then they tried to do their souvenir drink vessels, and nobody kind of captured the. Nobody really understood why Sam worked. They just knew it worked, and and you know, everybody wanted to copy it but they didn't catch what the essence was. You know, Tiki fans want Tiki mugs. The right. people at Jock Lindsay's aren't going to necessarily buy a martini glass because it's a souvenir <laughs> martini glass. You know, yeah, you can't could you put, put vodka in a leather jacket and put some strawberries <laughs> in there? A fedora? That would be great. What a fedora. They... Yeah, if they did a fedora mug, maybe someone would have Yeah, so, you know, up. you look at that original menu and you look at the souvenir drinks they had, and I think, you know, everybody bought the monkey head because it was the closest to a tiki mug, but then nobody, you know, some of them they didn't even end up making because the sales just didn't click. Well, so yeah. yeah, there's like Jock Lindsay, Skipper Canteen. There's a there's a very small handful of the post Sam's, you know, we wanna we want a piece of this pie as well that are great. Well, why do you think that they've done Disney. that? Why do you think that Disney pulled away from investing that kind of little bit of extra money to make the environment come to life over just having some kind of static room you're sitting in that has a soundtrack. You know, it's, it's when you do it, you know, you do 50 projects or whatever, and every one of them has a different team and a different producer and a different vision and a different thing. And it just, you know, what we did on Sam's was lightning in a bottle, honestly. Um, you know, there was stuff yeah. that I wanted to do in Iron Man that I thought was awesome. And I couldn't get it to see the light of day. Cause my, you know, superiors on that attraction didn't think it was a good idea. And I thought it was great, you know, and it didn't happen. So it's just a, it, it just depends on, on what the vision, you know, higher up is. And again, luckily when, when Sam's one in Anaheim opened, that was during star tours, reopen world of color, reopen little Mer or world of color, opening little mermaid, opening new parade. Nobody cared about the 40 seat bar at the hotel. Right. You know, it wasn't where the media was going to go on opening day. It wasn't a big thing. 
So nobody really looked at what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really can't believe how many people to this day still aren't really familiar with with the bars. I mean, I know that there's a young generation who's not asking about bars, but I'm just surprised that the, it doesn't. You know, I have to. I've introduced so many people to Trader Sam's from from TPM vids to to Kevin and they're all in love with it now that they've gotten their to put their eyes on it and uh, i think it's 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 really really uh it's, pretty it's phenomenal. crazy too because and somebody said it the other day online about the lion king trailer but you know i grew up in florida i went to the parks all the time universal disney sea world i mean all of them and it always like even nowadays i'll go to the parks and there'll be somebody like oh i've never ridden that and i'm like what is wrong with you how have you never ridden you know <laughs> Spaceship Earth. What the heck? You know, yeah. and and somebody hit it with and and people do that with Sam's. And I still go, we've been open seven years. Where you been? You know, but um, but it's like somebody online said it about the Lion King trailer that every day there's somebody born who's never seen the Lion King. You know, yeah, so right. it's like every day there's going to be somebody new that's never been to Trader Sam's or never been to Disney. And it's a when you think of it that way, you're like, oh, that's really weird. <laughs> well, I was true. Yeah, I think it's also that. It is in the Polynesian. It's in the Disneyland Hotel. It's right. a it's a hotel restaurant, and those are the best because they don't get as much traffic as you know. People aren't gonna stampede you. Hopefully, well, actually, right. now now in the Disneyland Hotel and the, Trader Sam's is a bad example now because I have <laughs> I've been there multiple times where they're like hour wait minimum, and yeah. that's if people leave. And it's just I mean, which is yeah. great for but popularity. you can you can get a drink at the patio, lady. It's not the same. It's not the same. No. <laughs> You like, shut your face. Yeah. <laughs> Are um, you going to bring down the sun so I can get the uh, cool it was, effects? Uh, it was it was hard during training because we were working inside and, uh, the, you know, and, and I would always tell the cast, I was like, you know, you have the effects, you have the show elements to work for you. So don't wear your, th- you know, voice out. Don't, you know, don't go too crazy. Let the building work for you. And then I'd go, but if you're on the patio, you got to bust your butt, you know, bring it because there's nothing out there for you. So good luck with your uh, uh, interpretive dance, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where, where do you start when you're like, okay, I need to, you know, take a, take four walls or there are more than four <laughs> walls because there's lots of alcoves and, and turns and all kinds of stuff. But where do you start? Do you have a vision of what you want, a concept art, and then you start looking for stuff? Or do you start finding stuff and then building around that? Little of yes. So when we did when we did Anaheim's, um, Ray Spencer was my art director who I worked with later then on Buena Vista Street, Matterhorn, Grizzly, Mansion. We did tons of projects together because we used to have so much fun working. And uh, and Kyle Barnes was our Polynesian art director and, and was there in Anaheim as well as doing interiors and whatnot. And uh, and without those two guys, I don't think anything would have ever happened because they trusted me to just go and make something cool. So when I did my first layout, um, it was very much like, OK, there's the blank wall. OK, it's got some bamboo matting. OK, well, I think, you know, a mask like that would be kind of neat, maybe a shield. And OK, there'd be some picture frames, you know, and they and I would just draw like little square boxes, you know, on the wall and go, well, that's a picture frame. That's a picture frame. That's a this. That's a that's a life ring. That's a that's a or. And I go, it's going to be something like this. And they go, OK, yeah, that's fine. And I'm like, OK, just trust me to go find cool things. And then I would leave and go shopping for a year and a half. And just, and I'm about to do, I've got a trip coming up uh, this weekend. Um, I'll be in San Francisco buying props, but it's, 
I would just leave and I would go find things. And one of the coolest things about this, you know, doing those was finding unique, really random, one of a kind things. You know, usually after an attraction, you do a you do a big closeout book where, it, you know, if something gets broken or stolen, then go, oh, that was purchased here or there. It cost this much. Make a new one. With Sam's, we didn't do that because every item is one of a kind. And you're never wow. going to find another one. <laughs> um, How many artifacts did you end up with in each of the um, there's, in each of the parts? There's 1,600 in Anaheim and about 1,500 <laughs> in Orlando. Oh, my gosh. And each one has, I mean, whether it be in your head or kind of spelled out, some sort of backstory, I'd imagine. I could tell you a backstory on everything in there. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> the the real-world backstory, which sometimes is really awesome of, you know, where I found it or what happened when I was buying it to what it is in in sam's world well so you can, said can something we, sorry dan uh go ahead it's your it's your present it's your present you go said, ahead. so you said something that really tickled my brain for a second because I, I have more trader sam's questions but you said that you make a book at the end of the uh, right. attraction right. planning uh that has everything detailed out here's where you can get it here's how much it right. costs to fabricate yada yada sure uh, because things get broken and things get stolen right. uh I you have I'm sure you have some good stolen stuff stories, right? Like what what are the, some of the weirdest things that have been stolen that you that you're aware of out of any attraction or Trader Sam's? I just I, will, I think that's as a prop person from the <laughs> parks. There's got to be some weird things that get boosted. I will say that thankfully I will, and I say this uh, hopefully with everyone listening as a as a curse upon the who try. <laughs> um, but thankfully, the people at Sam's respect the venue, and the worst they ever do is try to add their own stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I've, I've never heard about seen, people adding their never, own stuff. <laughs> yeah, and usually it lasts about a day. So stop wasting your money and adding stuff to Trader Sam. Stop um, sprinkling your ashes in the haunted mansion. Yeah, stop adding your own artifacts. Do that. <laughs> I was working at Tiki when somebody did that, and I was like, I need to have a talk with you people. I'm like, this is. Let me tell you what's going to happen right now. I'm going to call it in, and it's going to go in a trash can. Um, oh, that's yeah. so dark. You don't win when you when you do that. Um, oh, that's funny. I mean, yeah, not funny, sorry, that's funny. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's and and if if I do my job right, everything is secured well enough to where you can't do that. Um, so, which is a chore. Well, yeah. Um, so Especially some of these are something like Sam's. Yeah, with all those art the artifacts <laughs> and all the especially the the moving props um can we uh can we kind of get a few specific examples that i know there's so many on the wall so don't be like there's a thing in the corner that you've never seen before like maybe <laughs> something we've well maybe that but also something that you know people that have been in there have seen prominently that has an interesting backstory so in anaheim the the craziest one of the craziest stories in there so in anaheim when you first walk in immediately on the right there's a green bulletin board and in that bulletin board case is the map that indiana jones uses to find the temple of the forbidden eye ah and in there is a translator and a little note to trader sam from sala that explains why the map is inside the bar and it ultimately is there because sala brought it over real quick they didn't need it and he's trying to drum up business for his tour company obviously <laughs> So I wanted to put that in there. Being an Indiana Jones guy, I was like, that'd be really cool. I want to, I want to put that in there. And putting it in where the spot where I put it, it gives people a chance to actually sit there and study this beautiful piece of art that was created for the Indiana Jones ride 
that nobody ever gets to see. They pass by it in the office. It's upside down. It's it's not easy to find. So I was doing I was doing some work on that and trying to find that artwork, and it was not in our Imagineering art library. Nobody knew where it was, and I was like, "What the heck is going on?" And I went into the Indie Ride one morning, and I go into the office, and the map that was bolted to the desk in Indie's office was the original hand painted map that was created for the opening of the attraction wow. and created for the pre show. So when you're watching that pre show newsreel and Indie opens the map, that's the map. <laughs> that was then bolted to a desk. So I was like, this wow. can't happen. This, this, is, this is making me cry. You know? <laughs> so I, I go in and very cautiously remove it from the desk. And I mean, it, had, it, it was bolted. It was glued to the desk with props bolted on top of it. I mean, it was very much used as a prop. So I went, wow. this, is, this is just breaking my heart. So took it, got it out, re-propped the desk so nobody knew it was missing took it back to WDI. We took it to the art library. We digitally scanned it in a high, super high res. You could probably print it as a billboard now. It's so super high res. Um, digitally cleaned it, took out all the spit stains, the gum spots, the 20 some years of people interacting with it, we'll say, and made a clean file. So I, so I made two maps, remolded the Cobra heads on the, on the ends, made two maps. I put one back in Indy's office. I put one in Trader Sam's and the original is basically in the vault that looks like the end of Raiders. Wow. Wow. So That's some, crazy. And then in Florida, one of the crazy ones is all of our totem poles in Florida uh, were actually built in the 70s. I think they were built around 1974. They were sculpted out of foam. There's a photo of one of them being sculpted in the Heritage case, which is down the hallway near Captain Cook's. But all of those totems were across the property over in the old Tangaroa Terrace building. Wow. And when we were doing all that, one of the guys went in there, found them, and we literally took a Sawzall and just went, zzz, 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 you know, top and bottom, and just took them out. We were like, well, they, we're keeping these. This is not going to happen. Uh, we had them tested for lead paint, and they were all, all clean, all good. So we basically cleaned them up, re-clear coated them, and put them into Trader Sam's. So those are original 1974 Polynesian totem poles. When wow. you do that, do you have to like clear that with somebody above you, or do you have carte blanche? <laughs> do you have carte blanche when something's like? Are there attractions that are deemed like totally dead and just go in and take what you need? No, all he has to say is it belongs in a museum, and then he cracks a, a whip so many, and steals whatever he yeah, wants. There's so many times where I use that. Um, <laughs> That's when it's always good to have your art director on your side and you go, hey, 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 look what I found. Look what I found. You go fight that fight. Let me know when I can take him out of the room. You know, Oh, gotcha. Um, one of the things we found actually on speaking of that was uh, the Aoa animatronic that's up on the wall in Grog Grotto is the Aoa from Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. Oh, really? which we you know we all shudder when we when we say that title but <laughs> why did, um, hey why didn't you use the burnt iago that got burnt in the attic when i they... just i just find it so interesting that when that building caught fire the only two things that burnt were the two things that everyone hated <laughs> um, <laughs> oh well but it's so weird that if you take a bottle of vodka and then put a towel through the <laughs> top of it <laughs> birds love it um, so is there a reason where the animatronics in it completely busted? Were they not give you like allow you to animate it? What was the so, reason why it's a static figure? So it's a good reason. It's a valid reason. So I found that figure in 
a warehouse in Glendale in our animation warehouse over in a corner, uh, very sadly with its head lowered like it was being punished. And it was just kind of standing there. And that was another example of, holy crap. And I run back down to my office and, you know, find my art director and go, you, oh my God, you got to come see this. And we'd run back down, you know, to the animation building. And we said, what are you guys going to do with, with, uh, oh, and they're like, oh, she's in the, she's in the pile over here, which are animatronics we use for training. So they'll fire them up and let the animators use them when they're bored, when they're practicing, when they're learning how to animate animatronics. And we said, look, you've got, you've got a bunch of old animatronics here. Do you really need a Oa? And they were like, no, you can have her. And it was like, yay. So then we grab her and throw her over our shoulder and run back down to the, you know, like a, <laughs> like a Stooges skit. What but, else? Um, what other animatronics? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But what uh, other animatronics <laughs> yeah, were you've there? You've Kevin's interest. You've also <laughs> piqued my interest too. I'm sitting here like rubbing my chin. We have I lots will, of animatronic questions. I will. Uh, I will tell you an animatronic story after I finish this story. Okay. okay so, sorry. 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 Um, yes. So, so we had a Oa, but this was after we were pretty much okay. We're done. We know what the walls are going to be. We're good. And then you find something like this, and you go, "Oh, we have to redesign that wall." We have to we have to use her. We have to put uh, Oa in. This is cool, you know. Belongs in a museum. Um, yeah. So so by the time we had found her, the reason she's not animated and all that was was strictly a, a budget issue, um, and the fact that we thought, well, maybe it'll be kind of cool, and that's why she's not lit in the show uh, normally. Is we're like maybe it'll be cool if it's just you don't even notice she's up there until you order the drink and she wakes up. You know, she's just part of the wall and just another carved totem. And then when you order the drink and the winds start picking up and the, the rain and the typhoon comes and then her eyes light up. We just thought that was cool and slightly creepy and uh, and and worked pretty well. Interesting. That works. That makes sense. But it was I, but I it was very much a afterthought. I mean, we had that, you know, we had something else planned for big masks and all that. And it was like, oh, no, we got to we got to use this. So we had to very quickly scramble to build a altar for uh, oh. And so with the, with the few animatronics that are in that room, like the octopus, uh, were right. those things that came from your designs or did those come from another team? That was uh, part of our, uh, that would have been our team. That was from our, our art director. Um, and that one was just part of something he wanted to do. And I said, yeah, all right, we'll take care of that. No sweat. We'll get that in there. Um, and our show team and, and put that in there. And then like things like the dive helmet, um, I knew I didn't want to do another ship in the bottle because we already did that in Anaheim and I didn't want to bring something from the Adventures Club back to Florida because people are still upset. So I didn't want to poke the bear. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was cool to then again, later storyline, later, you know, different adventure to have something different. So to, to build a 20,000 leagues dive helmet was was pretty cool. Um, and then to make it bubble and have like a little aquarium inside it was was really cool. All right, I guess I, we we need to hear that animatronic yeah, story. Yeah, what's that now? animatronic story? <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll go back to the Trader Sam's in a minute. <laughs> so in the, wor- in the world of WDI, there are many, many, many warehouses, and occasionally things just show up, and you're like, where, the, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. So one day I'm in our prop warehouse, and over in the corner, and and again, don't know why, but sitting over in the corner was Big Al, and um, uh, God... This is embarrassing. Who plays the one string thing? Zeke, Zeb, Ted, Zeke and Zeb and Ted and Fred and a bear named Tennessee. Which one of those? I don't remember one of those. 
somebody's going to be listening to this yelling like, out who it is. Uh, it's, it's got, <laughs> is it Zeke? I'll look it up. Just keep talking. This is going to bother me. So, so there's like two or three country bears sitting there and I'm like, oh my God. And, and I, and I had always worked very closely with the art library and, and preserving, you know, hand painted stuff, stuff that should literally be in a museum. So I'm looking at it and I, and the sad thing was they would, had already been stripped of their fur. They were just these big giant pieces of, you know, plastic essentially, but they all had their instruments and they all had their hand painted big owl guitar and their hand painted one string thing. And I about wow. had a connection. So I'm working on them and I, and I get the instruments off and I, and I wrap them in paper and, you know, I take care of them to get them back to the art library. And I look over and literally under plastic is this tiny purple dragon. <gasps> wow. <laughs> <laughs> which was my reaction. And which, what? I mean, right now I'm sitting no in my office, there's a shelf above my computer here that has probably every plush of figment that's ever been made from creation until a couple of weeks ago. I just got a new one. Um, my heart stopped right so now. So yeah, what? I have my fig wall in my my home office but um so yeah i went well okay and i just backed the van up and ever so carefully uh put him in the back and we took him to the art library and he is uh he's wearing a little lab coat the last i saw he's hanging out in the in the art library vault and got a little name I was about to say on. yeah that that yeah. figment's hand painted isn't it right it needs to be preserved well, he needs to be preserved for a whole bunch of reasons. So wait, yeah. so this so this was in where again? Sorry, we're gonna go on. This was this. just one of our in one of our warehouses in Glendale. You know, they would there would be shit different warehouses. That's so weird that I mean it I mean I guess that I guess that's where the headquarters is, so I guess everything goes there, but it's weird to think that was in Orlando at Epcot, and then I doubt like one single person's string of consciousness wanted it to end up right where it was. You know so, what I mean? So I can tell you that story. Oh yeah, please. <laughs> you can almost see the gears in Dan's head turning every time <laughs> I say something. Um, so originally uh, at WDI, you obviously you know you work with a bunch of people, you work with a bunch of great people, um, you learn from a ton of great people, and obviously insanely fortunate that one of those people when I was there was Tony Baxter. Um, you know, door was always open. I could run upstairs and go, hey. What do you think of this? You know, what do you think of, does that make sense? Um, I would take layouts for Sam's and go, does this look nice? Do you think this is, you know, if you walked into a place that's this small and this small, does that look nice? You know, um, somewhere I have a sketch that he did of the back wall of Sam's with the two Tiki drummers facing each other and the mass, you know, like the centerpiece mm. in the middle of like mm -hmm. how it just all builds up to that middle mask which we didn't know it was going to be the mask at the time but um so originally oh god probably mid 90s somewhere in there tony had sent for one of the dream catchers to be sent to disneyland and it was going to be displayed in the we'll call it the atrium the lobby i don't know the big what massive open area outside of goofy's kitchen Okay. Oh, interesting. So you know where the staircase is and the escalator goes up. You know, it's a huge yep. ceiling. So it was going to hang there, and driving it was going to be Goofy dressed as the Dream Finder, and Donald would be popping out of the, the tank in the back where Figment was. Huh. So my guess is that 
is where, where that figment came from. It took, you know, 20 some years for it to get from Anaheim to Glendale and ended up in a warehouse at just the right time. And we were able to, to save it. Wow. That's crazy. Real quick. Tennessee is the one that plays the thing. Um, moving yeah. on. <laughs> but yeah, so now we can we'll, all sleep well. Yeah, now we can sleep well. Uh, we'll get back to Trader Sam's here in a second. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's just talk about stories. Yeah, let's the uh, so like that's what people love. Yeah. The fig, the figment was it was wearing a lab coat when you found it, or was it no? Was I, we put him in a lab coat. We put him in a little, uh, gave him a little name tag, and oh, that's made cute. him. Uh, no, he was he was literally just the figment that comes out of the tank in the Dreamcatcher. You know, just just the all purple, the I call it the naked figment with that no sweater, just, you know, when he comes straight up out of there. Is there any, so uh, uh, if you didn't know this based off of the name of my channel and everything I do, <laughs> I'm a huge Extinct Attractions fan. Sure. So here's our segue back into Trader Sam's. Is there at least one reference to an Extinct Attraction within Trader oh, there's, Sam's? There's way more than one. Um, obviously, Adventures Club. Right. Okay, that. Um, I mean, that's the easy one. That's the, that's yeah. the, when, when we started, it was, Hey, what's left over from the adventures club. And there was Everything? maybe, a, no, no. Oh, really? Uh, adventures club being a wonderful example of stuff getting stolen. Um, people were going in with screwdrivers and popping stuff off the walls. I mean, it was, it was, you know, that, that's what I heard. Um, everybody wanted to, wanted a piece. So by the time it got to, Hey, what's left? the stuff that was actually reusable that was in decent enough quality to be reused was maybe 30 things. Um, wow. and we used them, we used them all. I mean, I used whatever we could. So there's, there's picture frames, uh, any of the picture frames you see in the bars in both bars that have just sailing ships are from, are from the adventurers club. Um, in mm-hmm. Anaheim, the bottle for the ship in the bottle, we, we ended up using the bottle. We built a new boat. We built a new, um, support for it to sit on, but the bottle was the only thing that was in decent shape. Um, that poor boat was so tired from sinking for 20 years, but my goodness. Uh, <laughs> and then one day, oddly enough, one day outside my office, this giant nine foot tall, thinly wrapped bubble wrap thing shows up. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And I unwrap it and it was Zeus's fishing pole. Oh, from, no, from, cool. from the center. So that's hanging in Enchanted Tiki Bar in Anaheim. On when you walk in on the right above the window, there's the fishing pole. Wow! Wow! Then in in Orlando, we've got there's a life ring from Maelstrom. Ooh. There's uh, hang it. I don't know how many people ever catch this one. Uh, hanging above the bar, there's a block and pulley. There's a rope hanging there with a big hook on it, and on that hook are a set of car keys. And we I, made I a little... that every time I go in there, but I, always, <laughs> I always thought that it was a cast member who must have just stuck them up there to be funny and they just nope. stayed. Oh, so there's a little tag on it. And if you can look the right way on the tag, it says they belong to Jay Thaddeus Toad. Oh, my gosh. That's so we, such a so great reference. We took reference. his keys away from him. Um, wow. So cool. There's, uh, yeah, we, we went we go deep with our references. There's um, a lot of Easter eggs. Uh, what else we've got, uh, not necessarily an extinct attraction. There's a reference to Pete's dragon. Um, oh my. there's a teeny, teeny, tiny reference to lost, which is really, uh, I don't think anybody's ever understood that one. Um, 
What else is in there? I'm a big Lost fan. I was as disappointed as the rest of the country when it ended. Uh, You gotta gotta go find it. Is it just a sad face on the wall somewhere that says season now? <laughs> there's, 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 there's a small sad polar bear. Dead um, all along? Question mark. <laughs> oh, no, it's a time, It's actually a, a prop replica from the film, but it's it's very small. It fits in the palm of your hand. But uh, yeah, I have to go looking for it. Uh, one of the fun things, and again, not necessarily extinct, but in Anaheim, when I was buying all the props for Anaheim's uh I had taken a trip to Orlando and I bought one item from every country in the world showcase at least one item from every country in the world showcase that you can buy in their gift shops and put them into the Enchantiki bar and to this day nobody's been able to figure out all of them that's awesome people can usually get three or four but nobody's gotten them all which is I feel like you're uh, just giving us frustrating logic puzzles to go solve like He's giving us no. What he's giving us is video topics we'll never be able to make. <laughs> Good luck. Top eight hidden Epcot jokes in. <laughs> yeah, that's, in that's, Trader that's Sam's. What a yeah. niche video yeah. that would be. Um, there's a there's a small figment in Anaheim. I usually tried to hide a a small purple dragon in everything I was was doing. Um, so there's a tiny little dragon in uh, in Anaheim. Um, that's awesome. Of the many yeah. gags that are in the in the the two restaurants bars, what are what are some of your favorite gags and practical effects that happen uh, by it be either drinks or shrinking seats or you know what what are some of the things that tickle you about the the layout of the practical effects? It's all it all makes me laugh. It's one of those things that makes me laugh. Just be, I just love going in there and watching people. And just I'll sit in the corner in one of the booths or something and just have a great time just watching, you know, people fight with the sinking bar stools and, you know, people yell and scream when the when the water bottles come out, which which is something I uh, don't know why I told him to do that. But um, <laughs> it's one of those things. Everybody goes, why are they do that? And I go, I'm sorry. I'm not, <laughs> it was funny at the time. And now it's uh, but it's um yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of the gags we did too, you know, we, it was fun to do practical stuff and, and to go back and, and being that you had so many props and so much story potential to work from, you know, every, I tried to make everything have a story and everything makes sense. So, you know, every time you go, you discover something new, you see something new you never saw before. I used to get in trouble for that a lot when we first opened Anaheim because the, the, the money people would, would email me all the time and go, why are you still working? Why are you still, you know, working on the bar? It's done. It's open. Move on. And I go, I'm not. What are you talking about? And they're like, there's new stuff in there. I'm like, no, there's not. There's not new stuff in there. And they would go crazy because they would find stuff that they didn't find the first 10 times they went to see it. Um, you know, the producers would be like, why are you still adding stuff? And I'm like, I'm not. I'm working on Star Tours. You know, I'm I'm way <laughs> moving on. I'm working on Iron Man. I'm not even dealing with that, you know. Wow. I'm not even in Anaheim right now. Um, they're, they're, you're totally right, though. I find, well, it just depends. I've been sitting at the bar for too long. 
my very good friend uh, Nate, who does audio editing for uh, Kevin and I, he and I always sit at the bar, and he always is the one who ends up shrinking in his bar stool sure. because I'm well over six foot tall and he's like five and a half feet tall. And uh, the dynamic is always tickles me. It always tickles me <laughs> when eventually, at a certain point, you guys have both been looking at the wall in front of you. One of you turns to look at the other one, and they're not yeah, and there. They're just gone. Or... <laughs> yeah. It's a oh, great, it's a great gag, and and you know that was one that I think everybody was on the same page, going, "Well, we got to do that again. That's just fun um, and silly and and goofy." And then you know, much like everything that you that you hope when you get that chance to do it the second time, you know, you learn from what you did the first time. So the bar stools in in Orlando, we we painted them better. We painted in scratches so you wouldn't tell which ones moved. You know, we really made them all look rough and beaten up so that you'd be like i oh crap i don't remember which one is the one that sinks you know um so yeah that was a fun that was just a gag that was just do yeah, they all have the ability to sink or do only no, just specific ones no it's just certain ones but that was all are they controlled or they work on their own they are controlled gotcha yeah um i know where one is now and i'll always avoid it <laughs> <laughs> I would always forget and of course I was working 20 some hour days so I would always just sit down at the bar at the end of the day because I would I would do nighttime prop installation I would go back to Fort Wilderness or Disneyland Hotel or wherever I was get a couple hours of sleep and then I would go back and train the staff so I was doing 20 some hour days and and sure as every time I would forget where that stupid bar stool was. And I would sit down at the end of the day at the bar and <laughs> they would never miss a chance to sink me every time, every time. And, uh, and I never got tired of it until, until you've got your feet up in the other stool and you start sinking and you're like, hey, wait a minute, this is bending me in ways that, uh, I don't stretch like that. Come on. I, think, I have to uh, say that my absolute favorite gag in that whole bar is, uh, the volcanoes, the, you know, when you order Krakatoa and they erupt in the windows, sure. It's just it's just such a phenomenal piece of it's my favorite part of the Enchanted Tiki Room when it starts yeah. raining out and the storm hits. It's just it's a beautiful example of the Disney parks and that environment transporting you somewhere else. Sure, you can have little picture window boxes and there can be a beautiful scene outside of them and like in the tiki room but when it starts to rain and thunder and and yeah. volcanoes are erupting, it just trans you don't think you don't remember where you are anymore and you're just at some crazy no. Polynesian tiki restaurant out in the Anasa Island somewhere lo looking at a volcano. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. And, and the funny, and it's to totally a, you know, suspension of disbelief. Cause I mean, you know, it's not real, but man, you don't even have to have a few drinks and you just buy into it. You know, it's just, it's where your mind, how your mind wants to go and you know, which or wants to play after, along. After two shrunken heads, your mind just believes it anyway. Well, so. sure. Yeah, you got a whole lot of more. It believes everything then. Yeah, that's a whole different situation. The uh, I think uh, a true test testament to how well-themed, I, I would say that this is probably the most well-themed of anything at any Disney park as far as like per capita or per square foot. I, I mean, just the amount of detail. I don't know if you've, I'm sure you have. That's a dumb question. Um, you've been in a bar when it's completely empty. Um, oh, sure. And it is unsettling to say the least in like 99% because the walls just scream horror stories. Cause you don't like when a bar is full and it's dark and like all the, the neon lights, it's like, Oh, it's popping. You can't really tell where the right. walls are. Right. But when a bar is empty, you know, I filmed in them before for like projects, it is 
creepy. But in Trader yeah. Sam's, even if it's empty, I mean, it'll be, I've been in there when, you know, there might be just enough people to fill every seat. The walls are so vibrant. Like, there's clear boundaries. And it's just, that wall's is, ch- I feel like if I pulled off a picture, there would be another picture beneath it. Just right. I keep doing that until I, like, it's probably crazy. a good chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very much, I mean, I, I kind of, I didn't, kind of didn't even know I had it in me. But it was kind of that, you know, organized chaos and not making it feel like a hoarder's nest, but filling it with a ton of stuff, you know, so you can tell stories and show, you know, we always wanted them to feel like they had always been there for years and years. Um, You know, so there are there are things on the walls that are in better shape than stuff that's deeper in the wall because it's been there older. Um, you know, and, and I don't know how much of that really comes across cause it's a darkly lit place, but you know, if you ever go in there with a flashlight, you know, stuff that's on the wall first is, is dustier and, and aged more than the stuff that's in front of it. Um, but I mean, I'm, you know, sitting in my office right now. I mean, it's kind of, it feels like a Sam's esque type place. I mean, there's, I've got proton packs on that wall. I've got jet packs on that wall. I've got dragons on that wall. Where but are you, you kinda... right now? Why aren't you on a video chat? Because <laughs> <laughs> the office is a mess. Um, I've got stacks you're, of. You're uh, currently five... seeing my half half like finished basement. So you know, there's no shame here, man. There you there's go. There's no shame. Um, but yeah, it was it was very much the yeah mastering organized chaos was was really what it come da- came down to. Because it was like at the end of the day, you don't want people to go in there and be uncomfortable and go, God, I got to get out of here. I'm, I'm stressing out, you know, that it's it's so cluttered and such a mess. Yeah, it's right. But, but which is I would say another thing, which is another thing I think you did way more successfully than um, they did at Skipper's Canteen, because those wall, it just feels like it feels like a set of a of a Skipper movie instead of actually a room that right. you're in and that's alive and like as the walls are living and breathing and so you d- you did it so beautifully and so perfectly how you executed I like to, yeah it's i'd crazy. also like to point out that dan loves skipper canteen i and do so for him to put I... it down to praise the traders like trader <laughs> sam's is the only thing that you would ever hear like, him putting down skipper canteen brandon they know me by name in there and i've only <laughs> eaten there six times all right i go in there and the manager the last time we were in there for not so scary a couple a couple weeks ago, the two of the servers are like, "Hey, man, why did you ask for us?" I'm like, "I tried to. No, you were busy. I couldn't. Sorry." Funny, so that's um, hilarious. I, I, they, they have a dessert that looks like a stick of butter. All right, listen. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, is yeah. that the Congo? Oh, you know what's anyway. wrong with that? <laughs> um, and well, Dan, uh, you get one more question. We don't want to hold Brandon here all night, and we would. Oh, I'm good. But uh, I mean, if you want to keep going, we can we can keep I'm going. Good. A little. My oh. wife's working late tonight, so this is a perfect uh, perfect opportunity to. Okay, sit Dan. And tell Dan, just be nice <laughs> to the be nice so, to the pre- to the nice present that I got you. <laughs> the one the one biggest question I have is why isn't there pre rummed Dole Whip inside of Trader Sam's Grog Grotto? Because we always knew that it was going to be a challenge getting people to go to the terrace, because everybody would want to go inside. Wow. So we said if we put the Brandon, you legit just blew my mind. That makes so much sense. That's such a great business decision. Yeah, we said we got to put that outside (laughs) and and never and never put it inside because we're like everybody. I mean, you said it earlier. Everybody wants to go inside, so you got to give them something that they can't get inside, and it just happens to be as you know wonderful as a spiky pineapple. 
Were you guys part pie. of the people who designed the mugs and the and the drinks? Yeah, so we did um, we did all that early on. We worked with Kevin and Jody um, of, of Disney fame and and all of their awesomeness on the original batch of mugs, the shrunken heads. There were different shrunken heads. There were shrunken heads that Disney went, oh dear God, no, we won't make that. That were really <laughs> awesome, but a little too gory. Um, I have them in my. Uh, I got an a, art book of that. <laughs> yeah, I do a talk every once in a while at tiki conventions, and I have the photos in there that are really crazy, and you can find them online. But, um, but yeah, we we did those mugs, and then and then, oddly enough, uh, as someone who doesn't drink, my job was just to name the drinks and come up with the stories, and then my art director would sit and he would taste them and I'd go, so what, what do you, what do you taste there? You know, okay. You got mint. You got, okay. Uh, the, all right. That's going to be this, you know, or that's going to be that. And we would, we would come up with them that way. Um, hippopotami tie was a natural, I mean, it was just so, so beautifully perfect. We had to, had to do that one. Um, you know, zombies, a, a traditional tiki drink. So if you do a shrunken zombie head, that, that made sense shipwreck sounds like a good tiki drink so yeah it was it was a lot of fun coming up with with those and and then the backstories and then you know creating all the spiels for the servers to yell and scream when they're serving those drinks and what drinks would cause effects what drinks would just be spieled what drinks would you know i mean in in orlando they've got a spiel for bud light even i mean it's uh (laughs) there's a lot so what is the ratio what is the true if there's one man who knows it it's you Oh What's boy. the no true pressure. black pearl to white pearl ratio? <laughs> okay, can we explain some of this for the novices? Because you're just listen. Take a minute, pause this podcast, get on a plane, fly to Orlando. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go to Trader it's Sam's. Not, it's not one of those things where it's like pause and the podcast and look it up. It's, okay, so please, uh, Brandon, from from the man himself, please explain the black pearl before you answer the question. The black pearl and the white pearl is uh, the drink vessel that you get from the Polynesian pearl drink, which was a was a new effect that we added at the Grog Grotto in Orlando that comes out of a giant clamshell, and the servers reach in and pull out a, a pearl, and sometimes Shelley. it's white. Yep, Shelly, uh, which was an obvious uh, thank you to our opening crew for naming her. Um, and sometimes they're white, sometimes they're black, and it just depends on her mood. So is there a ratio? It's up to her. I think that that was a very <laughs> Disney way of saying you're never going to know <laughs> unless you let you get on the cup on the on the team of people who orders the cups. <laughs> I could. Well, the thing the thing, too, is it's uh, there is a ratio, but it only it depends on how everything is, you know, stocked. So God only knows. Right when they're gonna there are some days that i think is pretty much public knowledge that usually on black friday she's usually uh in a foul mood and spitting up black pearls usually on halloween uh she's in a foul mood and spitting up black pearls so oh, wow really? i didn't know that now i feel like we're talking to year. like we're talking to someone that owns a casino and we're trying to get like answers on how to win the slots what brandon what slot machine is <laughs> Just meanwhile, meanwhile, you're going to get somebody knocking on your door in a few minutes going, uh, gentlemen, step away from the microphone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> skate your tiki mugs. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. That's great. So, uh, Dan, you, 
You have more questions. What are the tips for me as a person who is going to try his darndest to recreate two well, but, or Dan, before we get to this one, to ask more, ask, <laughs> we, the, the man said he could go like another 20, 30 minutes. So ask a question. <laughs> That'll be the end. I have a nice bookend for it. Don't worry. Okay. Ask, him a, ask him a question about your favorite drinking spot. My favorite drinking spot? Well, it's Trader Sam's. Ask him a question about Trader Sam's. <laughs> Not your favorite. There's so, many good, there's so many good spots to drink in Trader Sam's. That's what, I know. That's, that's what true. I, I know. That's I was, true. There's uh, also a lot of good spots to sleep, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, the alcove that you walk into with right. all of the, with, with that little bit of theming, was that like, was that planned or was it just in the way it was constructed? It, it was being a curveball. That was completely planned and was a result of learning from the first. So when right. there is no border between. Right. Right. And, and you open that door. And if the bar is full, you just let all the sunlight in and made everybody cranky. And now you're going back outside. So we knew we always wanted to have a separation, just tiny little gap to where from the real world to Sam's world. Huh. And was uh, the circle background to the drinks? Were you, was it your original idea to have all of these seasonal themed mugs and drinks that would roll in and out like the most recent Hatbox ghost uh, tiki mugs that were different on each coast? Was that like an original plan or did that kind of evolve? Uh, those, those after- evolved when we did, when we did the first Mahaloween, I was there for that one. And we did a, a different glaze on the shrunken zombie head, which is now somebody told me the other day is worth like $900 now. Oh, um, and I quickly ran into the bathroom and took all of my wife's makeup out of it and put it in a different mug. Cause we were using it as a makeup brush holder. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. You hear all this so stuff took, that you created I, is worth like a, do you have any idea how much that one would be worth though? Like <laughs> the dude it's sitting right at yes. Sam's. So I took it out. Dirty mug. But, but the funny thing was I took the Halloween mug out, took the makeup brushes out, put like a third edition zombie head, put the brushes back in. So yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's zombie heads all over this house. Um, no. So we did, we did the Halloween one and it was a different painted, uh, shrunken zombie head. And then the team down in Anaheim kind of went at it and did their own thing. And out of that came the ha- hitchhiking ghost and the hat box. Um, we actually, when we started, we actually did create like a Bible and it was the rules of the bar. So it was like, okay, no animated characters ever in the bar. So there's no picture of, you know, Trader Sam with Mickey. There's nothing that, you know, anyone under 21 would be drawn to, but live action characters were fine. So that's why there's like Jack Sparrow and Sam or the picture of them in Anaheim. Indiana Jones was open game. 20,000 leagues was, you know, Swiss family Robinson, all that stuff was fine. So there were things that we actually did, you know, give thought to. And one of them was, you know, well, obviously Adventureland was a full reign of untapped potential. So, yeah, when the when the hitchhiking ghost and everything came, we all kind of went, huh? Just because it seemed like there was so much untapped gold sitting in Adventureland for you to go to a land that has nothing to do with what we're trying oh, to do. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think we just figured out Disney's long, long con. <laughs> They're slowly... Making live action adaptions of all of the animated classics yep, so, so that they can implant them <laughs> oh into Trader Sam's Frog Grotto. There it is. There it is. The, he's like, they're like, they, they thought he, they got us with this handbook <laughs> of they sorts. Found the Curse well, on, I'm going to get some tinfoil to make a hat. I'll be right back. 
Well, I will say that uh, it's funny that Adventure uh, Advent. This is a tangent on Adventureland, so just indulge me here. Um, that Adventureland has always been like, what is that? I mean, you know, you could do that with like Fantasy and Tomorrowland, but like Adventureland is like, what does adventure mean? There's adventure in every Disney movie, adventure in every princess movie, um, and Adventureland. I think the way that it needs to be described from now on is. If you need to clear brush with a sword, that is Adventureland. If, with if a machete. A, yeah, a machete. If a scene yeah. in your movie involves a character with a yeah. sharp blade clearing a path of brush, like of overgrowth, that it, is what it belongs in Adventureland. And your belt and, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. a, good, a good hat, then, yeah, yeah. that's Adventureland. Oh, good. Yes, the hat's important. but Hat's I, very important, yeah. But, uh, but okay, so, Dan... But I want to ask him a question that isn't Trader Sam's related, but I'm like, asking to use like your children's toys on Christmas. Cause, and I don't mean to objectify Brandon here just because he's a uh, he's Dan. I know that we're going to get to it, but I'm definitely going to be buying his book. So, oh, did you find that? Oh, absolutely. Well, we're actually you're we're... like, guess who Trader Brandon is, Dan? He invented Trader Sam's. I'm like, hold up. I got to Google this. So... Yeah. Well, we're actually <laughs> we're going to be legit. Well, we're going to be auctioning off a copy of the book um if that's all right with brandon oh yeah um, for for charity land um for benefiting give the kids the world um but we'll get to that um so it as you're doing that dan uh do you have any more trader sam's questions before well no, wait we're gonna i know your last question that you already tried to ask and i shut you down i'm gonna ask another question um the hat box ghost so in a way this is kind of related to tra- trader sam's did you say you did the hat box ghost i did oh my gosh okay first off just meet him where's the original <laughs> It's a weird thing. Like nobody, Tony Baxter is actually the only one that has any proof that it ever existed. He has a maintenance card that shows that maintenance was performed on that figure one night in the sixties. And that's the only proof that that figure ever even existed. Besides the, like that promotional picture. Right. Right. Oh my. Well that, so you don't know or that it was, I mean that it was ever existed, like actually in the mansion. Oh, I, I, mean, I understand. I understand. You know, everybody, so. everybody. Yeah. Has their, has their stories, but yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, I spent, I spent many a night in there with just me and him making his, making his little patio look spooky. And I have so, a follow up half box question after you're done. Kev. <laughs> okay. So somewhere the, I have a picture of me with his hat on, but I, I can't find it. so and the and in a way this is related to trader sam's because trader sam's is deep in its lore and its props and it's 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 very you know it's a very like i had copious amounts of free time with as much deepness of lore as is in there but well i mean that's and that's just part of good storytelling and good i guess prop building that's the another art that i might have to make a whole series on prop masters (laughs) yeah there's there i mean uh, the guy that I took over, Kim Ken Gomes, he was. Uh, I I took over his office. He had left, but he was the prop master for Expedition Everest. Oh my! Um, Arden Ashley was right next door to me when I started. She was the prop master for all the Tower of Terrors. Um, so yeah, learning learning from all of them was like holy cow. You know, you could go and go. Hey, there's this lamp inside tower that's got in the library that has like these little camels and all that. And you're like, I really want one of those for my house. And you know, you'd give her a week and she'd go, Oh, here's the website. <laughs> and you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> it was, it was wow. crazy. 
And and that, and that's what kind of what I wanted to do with the Funkland is I mean at the time now it's crazy but two years ago when I started it I was like I, these Imagineers are like filmmakers but they're not romanticized like filmmakers like sure. they should be they should be glorified and eventually dismantled the same way Hollywood is I'm just kidding um, but uh, <laughs> taken off happens the all too often <laughs> but but really they're not you know they're not given as on the mainstream as much as they should and maybe prop masters are the next one and a lot of us too you know i mean there was a lot of them you know even i did a lot of the disney parks blog videos which i think they were enjoying branching out and you know we did we did a series of them for buena vista street you can still find them on youtube that's Um, that makes sense because dan we use we use disney parks blog he was telling me about all the time i steal disney parks blogs 24 7 they're my favorite resource (laughs) because they always have nice high quality and like 12 second clips of whatever yeah. thing you're looking for you yeah just, you gotta dig sometimes but you can They're find there. it <laughs> yeah if you, if you dig there's like three or four videos um for buena vista street there's a couple for grizzly peak but yeah i think they were enjoying like not just talking to the same five people at imaginary that they always talk to and they're like oh the prop kid's kind of cool he's got fun stories look at this he's bringing <laughs> this you know this packard into buena vista street or he's got this rambler station wagon that they're bringing into grizzly peak and you know they'd come out and do videos on on all that stuff it was it was fun so to get to get to my question on uh on the hatbox Hatbox. you know you you you, was this before or after you made trader sam's in anaheim this was after okay so that works for this question and so you have trader sam's which is very deep multi-layered like super well thought out and the only other disney parks attraction that i think comes close is haunted mansion because it is like you could ride we wrote we would ride that over and over again and just find something new every single time sure. versus i mean pirates of the caribbean i love it but you you're kind of seeing what's there you know right what I mean? right um and so with that you're walking out of trader sam's and into this you're you're gonna put the hatbox ghost on which is this you yep. know huge um huge no intro yeah no no pressure right so that's the question is did you feel like oh i got this or was it like it was i'm funny, actually remember, going to be like touching one, stuff in the haunted mansion yeah we had one team that handled the 60th anniversary of disneyland so it was matterhorn uh mansion grizzly point over at dca and uh it was like okay this is what we're gonna do and they're like okay brandon you need to uh we're gonna do the matterhorn new scene we're taking out the ice crystals we're gonna put in a horde scene He's going to, you know, collected things over the years. So there's old bobsleds, old buckets. And I'm, you know, I'm taking notes. Okay, great. Yeah, got it. No problem. I'll rebuild some buckets. We'll do a 50s bucket. We'll do a, you know, the round ones. We'll do. Okay, great. Yeah, got it. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. When we, we need uh, Grizzly Peak, National Parks. Oh, yeah. I love National Parks. Great. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, we'll get an old car. We'll do a cool general store. I'll get to put up a giant six foot tall Davy Crockett poster and coonskin caps on the wall because it's the 50s era and it's national oh sounds great so great by the way i went for the first time (laughs) and i was kind of amazed that no one talks about that area because it's like you walk into it and you're like in a national park like it's crazy that one was fun that one was a lot of fun and that was another ray spencer gig that i was like i'm doing this with you because i love national parks and i love you so we're doing this together (laughs) Val. um and then that meeting was like okay and then uh and then this other project over at the mansion and i was kind of like oh crap Oh God. Cause I mean, that's, you know, talk about sacred ground. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> and then, Oh, we're putting the hat box. He goes, Oh yeah. It was like, Oh God. And, uh, I wasn't worried about it, but there was always that, you know, you pinched yourself every night walking in there and, you know, going, Oh, let me walk through the ball. Okay. Got to walk through the attic. All right. Here's my scene. Okay, great. And then when I would get there, 
so I had I had installation crews during the day at Matterhorn and Grizzly, and I would run around and just make sure everything was going right. And then at night, I didn't have any crew, so I had to install a mansion on my own. Okay, mm. fine. So I got my tool belt. I got my you know dead tree branches and my hat boxes and my lanterns and all my stuff. All right, cool. So I'd get there about 11, 12 at night, and, and my producer would be there, my art director and everything, and they'd be placing the figure and making sure the lighting looked good and running him through his motions. And then he'd kind of, you know, they'd turn him off and he'd, he'd chill out there and they'd be like, all right, we'll see you in the morning and just leave me in the haunted mansion. And it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. And so are the, and, are the, are the house lights on? No, no, <laughs> no. Full show lighting. Everything in the cemetery is still going. Oh my. Uh, no audio. But everything's moving. So out of every corner of your eye, something is trying to kill you is basically yeah, it's what popping it, out, right? Yeah, what it comes down to. So I'm up there. My funniest story about that one is I'm up there and I'm, you know, you got the bride behind you and there's stuff going on and the guy's down the hill and you're like, oh, God, this is creepy. And I'm up on a ladder and I'm putting dead tree branches up coming out off the tree and into the patio or into the balcony where the hat box ghost is. And getting them looking good and, and all that. And I step down on back off my ladder and I'm looking at it and I look behind me and there's this little old maintenance guy standing there, like right behind me. Scares me to death. Like how I didn't just club him with a hammer, I'll never know. Like scared me to death. <laughs> and he just goes, Well, looks pretty good, and just walks off. <laughs> and I swear to you, all I kept waiting for was somebody to go. John died in 1970. <laughs> yes. About, you know, like <laughs> I just knew that was going to happen because it was just the creep. It was like, ne- I don't know where he came from. It was horrible. And I was That's like, hilarious. I got to go back. I got to go back to the Matterhorn where it's daylight out. I got it. This is stupid. Yeah, it was, it was an experience. That's amazing. That's such a great story. Dan, you had a question about the Hatbox ghost. Well, um, my computer is literally about to die. I have 5% left. Oh, no. You surprised me. So I'm really disappointed that one, I didn't have my, my charger's right up the stairs so I can go plug my computer in a heartbeat. And that two, you didn't like at least say, bring a margarita, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about Trader Sam's. Not a very cheeky drink. Trader Sam's. Well, okay. Rosita, mosquito, Rosita's mosquito margarita, margarita is my favorite, right? Okay. You're good. You're good. Okay. Well, Dan, <laughs> what is it? Are you at five right now? I'm at 4%. Yeah. So okay, okay, well, go quick. Go, okay. go, go. You, you, you're going to go get your, yeah, I'll go. I'll be right. Okay. You run and get, I'll ask another question. All right. So while he's gone and I love his pajamas, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just saw his pajamas as we walked away. Um, so no, uh, I have so many questions. Um, one of my questions I always like to ask, especially Imagineers is, uh, and thank you again for giving me so much of your time today. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite ride? like in general and it doesn't have to be existing i like it better if it's not <laughs> oh well not existing i mean the sky's the limit i mean right. living seas obviously journey to imagination and world of motion was always a big one for me um god monster sound show and and at studios and obviously mm-hmm. now great movie ride and i mean there's so many rides that were so much a part of my childhood and, and what made me want to become an Imagineer. I mean, you, you know, the great movie ride is still one of those things that just baffles my mind that somebody did that, you know, and it, yeah. and it was, and it was amazing. And you know, that, Oh, you're on 
you're aboard the Nostromo and then you're, and you're like, Oh my God, what, what is happening? Um, and I, that one still hurts that it's, uh, <laughs> that it's gone. That one hurts because like when all the other ones left, I don't think I was of the age to where I really understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. And now it's like every day I'm angry that the great movie ride is gone <laughs> every day. And there's so many days where I go, Oh, let's go to studios. We'll just grab some dinner and we'll go ride a great movie. Uh, you know yeah it's it's terrible that 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 that's gone and i mean all of studios is gone um studios is tough and and the sad thing is i think the stuff that needs to be gone yeah the uh (laughs) the sad thing is i think i'm down to uh the indiana jones show being the only thing left from my childhood other than like spaceship earth it's i get i get the whole progress aspect but uh at a certain point you gotta ask why don't you just keep expanding the like because with and i'm sure it was something that's way over my head way extremely over my pay grade to think about is just like why not you have this park that is already weirdly shaped um why not just build out you you know like you you have a half day park and instead of building more you're going to just close down and replace. Like, why don't you just right, bring right. it out to a full day park? I, I yeah. I always said that about great movie rights. Like you're going to close and, you know, and, and one of the things I learned from Tony Baxter was always, you know, guest flow and, and capacity issues. And, you know, you need to get people off the streets of the park and onto attractions to make the park flow properly. And, to, you know, all that type of thing. So it always, it, it shocks me that you would take something with the capacity of like a great movie ride out in a park full of empty buildings. Yeah. Right. Just um, blew my mind. And, and, you know, I mean, un- unfortunately the, a lot of the things that are happening now I knew were coming, but it was like, Oh dear God, that, Oh, I thought somebody would have, would have tweaked that by then, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Dan, what was your hat box ghost question? Was it ever entertained as a, um, was there ever a walk around character? Enter- I, my specialty, I don't know if you're familiar with the stuff I, I produce for YouTube, but I like to focus a lot on costumes and the evolution of costumes. Okay. Sure. Over 60 years, the park's been open. Uh, and I'm just fascinated by it. And one of the th- series I'm going to start up, I'm going to start up like a little mini series with a couple artist friends of mine where I'm going to start to do some renderings of characters oh, that I'd cool. like to see walk arounds. Yeah. And the biggest one I'd love to see is the Hatbox Ghost. That would be cool. With a, with a blacked out face. And like an animatronic head in the hat box with right. a little controller like that, like the Ratatouille like sure, sure. mouse had. You know what I mean? So he can look sure. around, he can blink, he can That'd wink, cool. that kind of stuff. And That'd have him cool. do the Halloween parade because it's dark enough. It, oh, know, yeah. It would work real well. It would look, And so I'm curious if like that kind of stuff from the Imagineering side of things, when you're creating characters, is most of that afterthought or like That's is it different... from the table? it's a different division. It's a different department. You know, all of that stuff comes from live entertainment. Um, they are, you know, in those meetings. I mean, we, we worked heavily with them, uh, for Iron Man and creating the Iron Man suit and oh, interesting. for the meet and greet. That was part so there, of, there is crossover. There is crossover. Um, I don't, I don't think, you know, the thing with the hat box was we were working really hard not to get it leaked. And, right. and, Thankfully, it didn't. It was the one project that didn't get leaked. I think Matterhorn. I always up... love when those pop up. Yeah, it's like, well, wait, what's happening? We did some. <laughs> we did some. Uh, we did some little uh, detective work, and we figured it out um, during the 60th. And then uh, we made a lot of people angry because we didn't tell them what we were doing in the Haunted Mansion. 
and uh, lo and behold, it didn't get leaked. But um, but uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting one. But yeah, I, I don't think I don't remember that ever being an issue with with him as a walk around. Um, I think a lot of those I was always I was always kind of surprised that they do like the ballerina and the bride and stuff for special events because that seems right. a little uh, a little creepy. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I loved it and not so scary when the caretaker and the dog used to be in it. I miss them. Because right. that was a, that now was they got a, the hitchhiking ghosts and they're they're pretty phenomenal. Yeah, and they're great. But but originally it was like the hit that caretaker and the dog started the the mansion unit and it was just so beautifully perfect. So I miss them. Um, but yeah, it's a it's, do the do the do the parades come to you to prop out the floats? No, is or is that completely That's another universe? completely different different department, different everything. Um, wow. Okay. Well, that isn't that. That's are those even Imagineers, or is that entertainment at the resort? It, that itself? would be live entertainment. Okay, that's what I. Which figured. is technically, I think nowadays technically called imagine part of Imagineering. It's Walt Disney Imagineering live entertainment or something like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a different thing altogether. We would primarily do new concepts, new attractions, and then if you really begged, you could occasionally do something that just needed some fixing up. But that would even usually fall to the local teams at the parks that just did the nightly maintenance, the nightly clean, you know, just would take care of stuff that would break, you know, stuff like that. Your resort enhancement teams. So you're the guy that rolled in those like three leather hat boxes and that little trolley. And uh, I found that trolley on uh, Magnolia Boulevard in Burbank in front of an antique store. Really? (laughs) And I went, oh, hey, pull over real quick. I need that. And the, literally, it was out front on the on the sidewalk sale. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, I need one of those. And I pulled over, and I'm like, oh, this is it's smaller. This is a good size. And I was like, yep, this is going in the trunk. Yeah. Was the old door that's behind him there already, or did you have to source an old door? Uh, that was put in before I got there. So yeah, I had like the hat boxes, the little cart, the little lantern that sits on the hat boxes. Um, not a lot of stuff, but it was, you know, just, just stuff to be a part the of the haunted mansion. Was, That's what makes yeah. the magic. Oh, yeah. I could have put one thing in there and been happy. That was fine with me. <laughs> That's so great. What's um, inside the hat boxes? You've got to put something in them, right? Yeah, I don't think I did. I think I signed one of them, but that was about oh, it. Okay. It's like, I think I signed, holy crap, this is the haunted mansion or something like that. Because, yeah, it was, it was, that was definitely one of those pinch me. Yeah, you'd, you'd never thought you'd work great on opportunity for a, a time classic. Capsule. Oh, man. So, uh, so let's do one more non question, uh, non trader Sam's, and then we'll go back to your final question. Um, let's, uh, I'm trying to think what other projects, so you said avatar, which, um, it's a little new for me cause I'm a defunct rides guy. <laughs> so maybe, maybe in about hopefully not 10 years, maybe 80 years. Um, once but, they uh, once they finally close it, we'll we'll call yeah, it back. right. Yeah. Once these new James Cameron James Cameron's making another five, <laughs> so what are you going to do? You're not yeah. going to close it. Um, no, yeah. And uh, and then uh, so what else? So list off my peak my fancy. Like I don't know, well, what what else? Uh, I'm other actually projects? I'm actually pulling up like my LinkedIn page to look at my resume and oh, see my. what because you know props is one of those jobs that literally does a ton of stuff you know some guys will spend years on one one i mean i worked on pandora for five years um from beginning to end i worked on sam's both sam's for eight years continuous um 
but you know, if you're an art director or a producer, you could work on something for 10 years, you know, one big thing for 10 years and, and that'd be it. So props was cool. Cause you got to, you know, every day something new would come in you'd be like, Oh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll do that. And then you'd get to go play with that and you get to go over there. But, uh, let's see, we got, uh, Pandora was, uh, that one, Iron Man in Hong Kong, Grizzly Peak, uh, the Smoke Jumpers Cafe, the General Store, Haunted Mansion, Matterhorn, Grog Grotto, Jungle Cruise in Tokyo, uh, Fantasy Fair in Disneyland. That was fun. Um, that was a great little fun project. Point of Vista Street. I did a little bit on Mystic Manor, not too much. Hmm. Uh, Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta in DCA. Sam's in Anaheim, uh, did a little bit on Little Mermaid, did some oh, little wow. bit of everything on all the star tours, and then uh, those uh, kiosks in Tokyo. Okay, who, well, um, here's a quick question. This doesn't count as the one, um, <laughs> but uh, the one that I set up myself, this doesn't count for because I make the rules, um, is uh, it's my show. So, so there's a great Horizons reference in Tokyo Disneyland, and I don't know if you were ever a fan of Horizons. Sure. Um, but it's Tokyo, right? Where you get off the ride and they have the on the monitors are playing the three different endings to Horizons. Uh, was that before your time or I'm trying to think what we're talking about here? Which uh, which attraction over in Tokyo? Star Tours. It's a uh, when, when I think oh. when you the post show of Star Tours features the three endings that you could choose on Horizons as like oh. alternate destinations for your Star Tours. That might have been I, I had very my my input on Star Tours started out large and then uh i had a few really geeky comments and then my involvement got very small oh, and no. i ended up uh really building uh the c3po tablets for all of him that go up on the the railing next to him on his platform that he holds in the pre-show oh gotcha yeah. did you he, hide anything on those uh yeah it says to call me in case there's a malfunction or it's got my <laughs> office number and um I think the one in France has like my wife's initials and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Anthony Daniels wanted a, something to hold in the pre-show. So they made him like this little tablet. It looks great in film, but then they were like, here, we need you to build this for the park that it looks cool. And it was literally like a small dry erase board, uh, laptop cooling mat, like super glued to the back of it with like some knobs on it. And it was like, holy crap. Okay. I'll see what I can do. Um, and, you know, they had done that a couple a year or so before it got to me. So I was like, oh, God. So I had to find the same cooling mats. That was tricky because the manufacturer didn't make them anymore and then make it look real. So we made like a screen on the front that looked like it was off and we added some different buttons and I added made a little holder for it, like a little charging station. And it's got the Star Tours emblem. Um, what do you call it? Etched into the metal and a little warning tag and, and Star Wars. uh arabesque on the bottom and does yeah. 3d printing make your job easier now with that kind of stuff it depends um yes and no we used a lot of 3d printing on avatar just because it was futuristic and we could use that um you know you certainly necessarily wouldn't 3d print something for sam's as much um but we used it in, in avatar a lot we did a lot of 3d printed dog tags we did machinery we did little gadgets for the the desks inside the queue in the in the lab um, we had a 3d printer just in our prop trailer on Pandora, just going all the time, printing little things and odds and ends. Cool. It just, you, you know, you, it's just another tool. It just depends on how you can, how you can use it. That was kind of one of my like th- things I was like, well, I'm sure when you're set dressing Pandora, you're not going to drive by an antique store and be like, Oh, 
That looks just yeah, like Pandora was Pandora was tricky. It was easy for all the like the old RDA stuff because all you needed was old military stuff. So you know, ammo boxes were great. Oh yeah, backpacks, you know, weird stuff like that you could do easily. But when it came to you know anything Navi had to be custom made, obviously. Um, and then the techie stuff got a little crazy because it was uh, it was tricky. But one of the one of the nice things was I had these amazing reference photos from the set of Avatar. And I would go through and literally find every prop that was in the photos. So like all the microscopes and all the like little test tube holders and all the little boxes on the lab are the exact same that's in the film. Oh, that's, that's great. So, cool. so that was kind of fun to match all that up. And a lot of that stuff's really pricey. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. Those microscopes ain't cheap. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Dan, do you have uh, another question before your last question? Because I think I'm yeah. all... I, ought to quit. I know what's going to happen is the moment I'm going to hang up, I'm going to be like, dang it. I'm going to have a thousand you call questions. again tomorrow. We can do this again tomorrow. <laughs> no, fine. really, really. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm really tickled by the fact that you worked even just slightly in part on Mystic Manor, which I continue to stand by as one of the greatest rides. I'd love to go. I, I haven't that, been over there or anything, but yeah, I did some of the photography, some of the photos and uh, the, in the queue, there's like Egyptian headwear and stuff. And I, sourced all the like the black busts for that and some of the jewelry and just little that was such a big show and and again you know prop people have a lot going on so while i'm doing these 15 you know 20 shows somebody else is doing this and somebody else is doing that and then you know you go hey i'm going shopping what are you looking for and you take everybody's lists and you know everybody tries to help each other out so yeah it's a, do it's we, a lot do to you do. all have your own unique specialties like someone's great at finding like more you know a lot of ancient yeah yeah, a lot of it, it kind of was like, you know, uh, the lady next to me that did Tower, you know, she knew a lot about Art Deco and she knew a lot about that era. I know a lot about that era, but kind of in the adventure land side of it. I mean, I, I studied archaeology in college, you know, so I know the, okay, I'm going into the jungle, what stuff to look for, you know, type of thing. Um, uh, so, some of the other people knew cars, you know, one guy knew cars and stuff really well and Obviously, he he did all of Cars Land, and you know you try to you tr the weirdest one I ever did, which I was like, what the heck am I doing? Was uh, I had to do two dollhouses for Tokyo Disney, um, which is one of the <laughs> one of the projects that's not on the wow. Look at this cool resume because um, it was just <laughs> so. It was one of the gift shops, and I was just like, I'm building dollhouses right now, and it was just so weird because I was the last guy that you would think you know this is okay, yeah, dollhouses. Sure. Meanwhile, some kid, other, you know, the other side of the office is covered in like spears and shrunken heads and tribal <laughs> shields and, you know, bugs and all this stuff. And then the other side was like, oh, yeah, those are my dollhouses I'm doing for Tokyo. And you're like, that's weird. But OK. <laughs> There's some well, kid sitting in college right now studying archaeology and he's his 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 eyes just had a small glimmer of hope. Yeah, and then I said <laughs> dollhouses. And he went one day. Oh, yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, he was like. He saw his future. He was like, "Oh yeah. no!" And just even prepared. in my wildest dreams, yeah. I'm still building dollhouses. Do dollhouses, yeah. Uh, well, Dan, ask your. So Dan's building a tiki room in his basement, which is one of Perfect. the reasons that I that I wanted to have you on to surprise him. Um, Dan, uh, what's your question about your own tiki room? Where Where is or, or this basement? It's, it's behind you. No. Behind me, literally. In Orlando, in in. No, I live in Pennsylvania. Okay. You know, you think t you think tropical when you think Pennsylvania. 
hey, well, one of the so biggest have... tiki conventions is in Portland. And let me tell you, <laughs> there ain't nothing tropical about Portland. No, and I have the, the, the Jersey Shore where there's a lot of places you can pull up on the side of the road and get wood carvings and, and this sure. and that where, you know, uh, but, you know, I want to I wanted to feel lived in like Trader Sam's does. Right. Uh, and, and and it's something you've pride yourself on because you've mentioned it a few times. So like, where, where do I, what do I look for and what am I sourcing and where's the good places to source these things that I can gather? Cause I'm already now buying stuff as sure. I come across it. Sure. But I'm like, Oh, that'll look do. cool. Yeah. That'll um, look cool. I mean, my tiki room's three years out. I need to start buying cool tiki oh, yeah. mugs. I find now I need to start buying, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, I'm guilty of it right now. You can see me on live. I found these at Target. They're like multicolored little Mickey lights. I'm like, oh, those will look cool <laughs> hanging up in the corner Funny. somewhere. You Funny. know, like, because I imagine when I finally decide to build and frame out and start to work on this room, I'm not going to be able to just go to tiki.com and find anything with any kind of yeah, reason. Not, not I mean, too much. He, this man uh... did write a book, Dan. <laughs> I know. That's, uh, yeah, not... that, dude. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, you've got the, you've got the eBay. You've got the, you know, swap meets, garage sales. I mean, you, you'd be surprised where you find random awesome things. Um, I usually would do two phases of shopping. So I would do phase one was the stuff I knew what I was looking for. So you go, okay, I need life preservers. I need some carve masks. I need some shields. I need some spears. Okay, fine. And you'd go online and you type up, oh, eBay, I need vintage African spear, whatever you want. And then you'd get that stuff in. You go, okay. I'm good. Now I'm going to spend the next year shopping for stuff that I don't even know exists. You know, I don't need, I wouldn't even know right. where to begin to type up and search for that item. Um, and that's the most fun. I mean, I'm, I'm doing that this weekend in San Francisco. I, I do it when I go out and, you know, anytime I'm always, Oh, I could use that. Oh, I can. Oh, Hey, I'm going to grab that, you know? And sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you go to a target, you go to home goods, you go to, you know, Michael's and, you know, you catch them in the spring when they have their, nautical glass floats on the bottom shelf for six right. bucks, you know, um, right. things like that do happen, but yeah, it's, it just antique malls are great. Um, there's, there's, uh, there's a big one in Florida that happens like three times a year where people come from all over and bring antiques. And, you know, the trick is fine. The big one in San Francisco is the Alameda antique fair, which is amazing. Uh, I did that one on both Sam's. I did that one on Matterhorn. I did that one on Buena Vista Street. I would always go to that one. And the nice thing about it is they don't let anything in later than or early or post like the seventies. Everything's got to be earlier. So it weeds oh, out nice. a lot of crap, you know, so the stuff yeah. that's there is really good stuff. Um, found light fixtures there that are inside Sam's in, in Orlando. Um, yeah, just it just depends, but uh, but yeah, I did I did put all those thoughts into a handy dandy little field guide that uh, that should be able to answer some of those those questions for you. Awesome! I'm definitely going to be picking that up because I uh, I and it's like it's not even so much obviously when I see something that looks like it should go into a tiki bar, I I'm going to pick it up, you know. But sure. it also goes beyond that. Like, what do I cover the walls with? What do I do? Like, what kind of lighting should I look for? Because I, I'm isolated. It's not like I'm surrounded with a, a really rad TV scene. <laughs> and I can go down to Disney World and enjoy Trader Sam's and take all the reference photos I want sure. and you know buy a couple knickknacks from that gift shop that I could put on shelves. Uh, but you know, you, you have to – finding the nonsense to screw on the walls and put on the shelves is 
one of the bigger things that I was like, because I don't want it to look like just some display case. I want this thing to right. look like some old Real. dude just keeps throwing yeah. stuff at the wall and yeah, because he's got no place else to put it, you know? So, and I guess there's, you can kind of play around a little bit with some modern stuff in there or some stuff that's not exactly tribal and has some technology to it, like a diving helmet, but sure. you know, lines have to be drawn. And um, I'm just curious if you had like rules for what you looked for and the, what you would. The very first thing, and, and, you know, I talk about it in the book, but the very first thing I always recommend and I always do is you just come up with your story, you know, and that's going to set your parameters for your time period what you know what would belong in there what wouldn't belong in there and that'll help you narrow down what you're looking for a lot you know gotcha. and you'll 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 be finding stuff and you, but then you'll go oh but that's that's from the 80s uh, uh okay you know and i mean you'll just it'll help you focus in on on the good stuff um you know is it a tribal bar is it a is it a bar on an island somewhere is it a shack bunker that's built in uh you know world war ii on on an island is it a you know there's so many is it a british colonial outpost in the middle of the jungle you know i mean there's so many different ways is it a pirate bar is it an explorer bar is it a you know once you once you narrow in on that and your your personal story of it then that that's going to be a huge huge help for you wow yeah that's i I didn't even think to start and it's it's true if you have put a put a story into what you're doing and you can look at anything and say does this fit the story so that's That's awesome. Thank you for that advice. That'll help you a lot. And I'm going to be picking up The Field Guide to Tiki Decorating by Trader (laughs) Brandon. Hey, that's a good book. And you can find the link for that book in the description. I want to thank Trader Brandon for coming on. This was a great interview, and hopefully Dan really liked his gift. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for visiting Defunctland. Defunctland.